When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Kenneth Figue. Before our next episode drops, I need to beg your pardon while we finish editing it. Last month, a good friend of the community was in dire straits financially, through no fault of her own. With some help from a mutual friend of hers, we mobilized the community to help. But that got me thinking. If we could mobilize to help one person, what if we could do so for an entire cause? On December 14th, I kicked off Fallout for Hope, a global community superstream event to benefit St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital. We had over 300 streamers, content creators, community leaders, and even some of the Bethesda team themselves play their favorite Fallout game. I ran some fun large main stage events that you can find on our YouTube and Twitch channels including some fun Fallout 76 games and even an in-depth lore talk with Bethesda writer and lead quest designer Ferret Bowden. I've linked all of this in the show notes. By the time we were done, we more than surpassed my goal four times, raising over $105,000 for St. Jude's, and I couldn't be prouder of what we achieved. This episode is a bit different. Because this month has been all about the community joining together all over the world to help others. So this episode is much of the same. This is a community anthology, including stories of our own and new original Fallout 76 stories from the community and fellow podcasters that are exceptionally good. It's a mixture of laughter and terror, and I think you'll enjoy our little holiday anthology. Leading off with an original chat of Fallout 76 story minisode titled Wish Upon a Star by new staff writer George Wolfe and edited by Christian Mower. We visit Santa's workshop again. He spends an evening looking down on Appalachia once more as the gang gathers together for another post-apocalyptic holiday. As you can expect, things quickly go awry as the Flatwoods monster decides to put on a show, and the Mothman becomes quite literally a falling star. Let us journey to the far north, above the Canadian wasteland, to a dilapidated but still shining castle where the spirit of the season, though dimmed by war, hate, and fear, flickers on.
days of old, in the month of December, they'd say, tis the season, or so you'll remember. Way down below in old Appalachia, the survivors and dwellers doth gather. No white sparkling snow upon the ground, and yet the holiday season soon will be found. Let's start the show. I, I can't find my... Ho? Mo? As I struggle in rhyme, oh, look at the time. Here's a scene of a romance by fire and a questionable couple who often draw ire. Oh, looks like everything is in order for Christmas Eve tomorrow. Another year under the belt, eh, Mrs. Claus? <laughs> Speaking of belts, why don't you lose yours? These cankles won't moisturize themselves. How about we get with the shaking like a bowl full of jelly? <laughs> oh, you sure know how to make a man shake. <laughs> yes, it's it's been an interesting year, especially for our friends in Appalachia. I wonder what they are up to. Hmm. Well, hand me my magic snow globe on the table over there, my dear. Is that them? Is that Chet and Shirley you're always talking about? Hmm, that Chet is jacked. Let's put him on the naughty list so I can check him twice. Oh, it's Chad and Susie, sweetums. Ah, uh, yes, quite the mischievous pair. Huh. I wonder what they're up to now. Why do you want me to come, little bit? I was about to hit the weights and work out. Because the last time I was out with Punch, we ran across these mole thingies, and he took forever to kill them. I want to get back before it gets dark. Ella doesn't like the dark. Punch told little girl mole rats get stronger. Things in forest used to be weak. Punch hit once, they die. Now they don't. Not Punch's fault. Easy, big guy. I know what you mean. Chad had the same thing happen the other day. Sounds like we both need to start hitting the weights more, amigo. Ella and I can't wait to go to the fair. I bet there's a bunch of Scorch there. Yeah, maybe they can tickle my fanny. Man, feels like forever since we've been through this little town. Good old flat chest. Ah, still smells like cow shit, though. Brings me back to when we started BroFit. Used to put that stuff in our protein bars. <laughs> Sell it to those suckers at our gym. Mmm. Punch loved those bars. Gross, dude. <laughs> Punch, you know those weren't really... Chad, look! Yeah, a little bit. Another person. Man, I swear they've been popping up everywhere lately. Seems like everyone's on a mad dash for these presents. I've never seen the wasteland this busy. This is like Black Friday all over again. I love it! <laughs> Wait, what? Oh, Black Friday! Mommy and Daddy used to take me and Ella to the Valley Galleria at 3 a.m. after Turkey Day for shopping. Mommy would smash her purse at other mommies in the fancy underpants store, and Daddy would sucker punch other dads in the electronics store. It was lots of fun. Nothing says the spirit of the season like punching someone's teeth out. <laughs> well, let's see if she knows where this Taylor Fair thing is. Oh, Tyler County Fairgrounds! Oh, yeah, right. Uh, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, we're looking for uh, Tyler's Fair. Could you tell us if we're going in the right direction? Uh, ma'am? 
I killed him. They're my gifts. But I'll let you have any duplicates I get. For a profit, of course. What's wrong with her? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Tyler County Fairgrounds. Uh, yeah, that... That's not much farther up the road. Just keep going north. Cool. <laughs> Thanks, I, I guess. But you should stay clear of that area. What? Why? I went looking for the Holiday Scorched early this morning. Instead of finding them, I came across a dog. But not like any dog I had ever seen. It was purple and glowing. Ooh, I want one. Next thing I knew, it was growling and walking towards me. Well, I didn't stick around. I ran, because if there's one thing I've learned living out here, anything strange like that is probably more trouble than it's worth. Chad? I want a purple doggy to keep my kitty company at home. They can be friends. Punch not scared of puny purple dog. Punch help little girl get puny dog. Hey. I've met someone like you before. Are you related to Gail? Gail? Who Gail? Yeah, anyways, we should probably get going. Thanks, lady. Well, I think we're here. Yay! Let's find that cute purple doggy and some presents for everybody back home. Joe, what you think lady mean about purple dog? I don't know, man. I think she had a couple of screws missing. Hopefully she found some in one of those presents she was acting so crazy about. Well, let's see what we can find in here. I don't see any of those Santa Scorch, but let's look around. Ooh, look, a purple doggy! Oh, and he brought friends! Well, there's something you don't see every day. I haven't seen that much glowing since I left a box of condoms on a rat barrel when we were living in the vault. Pats used to call me her big glow stick after that. Punch <laughs> don't like glowy dog. Why they purple? Too much nuka grape? Whatever it is, I don't think we'll be taking it home a little bit. Oh, okay. Uh, Punch? You were supposed to load the guns before we left, dude. Oh, Punch forgot. You dummy. Oh, brother. Well, we're fucked. Quick, hang right past the entrance and head for those booths. Now what? No dumb doggy is gonna keep Ella and me from getting presents for our family. Here. Nice, little bit. Uh, where'd you get the lighter? Oh, it's not mine. It's Ella's. I like the way the flames tickle my fanny. <laughs> Works for me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Worked like a charm. What's that by the booth over there? Looks like someone kicked it and didn't come back for their paper bag. Woohoo! <laughs> Jackpot. There must be a bazillion presents in here. Hey, Punch, come help me carry some of this. Uh, Punch? Uh-oh. Ugh. Damn, dude. <gasps> Chad! Back up, bro. I don't want to have to hurt. Ella, we have to do something. He's hurting Chad. What's that noise? Let's check it out. All right, bro. I don't want to have to do this. You asked for it. Now, you get the Chad. Batter up. Ella, be quiet. What's that space thingy doing? He's controlling Punch like a puppet, Zoe. Can you spell alien? 
Um... A... L... L... Um... Nah! A young admirer of the theater! Come, child, come! I know you are there! Witness my greatest work yet! I'll be the talk of the seven galaxies! Top billing ever! Maybe you can open your anus in January! <laughs> Why are you doing this, Spaceman? Oh, for art, my dear! Man versus mutant! The battle rages! They fight for glory, for love, nay, for greed. A battle to the death, a time of year meant to celebrate love, and yet people battle for material trinkets. It is the tragic fall of man, quite poetic even. But you're hurting Chad. You need to stop, or else... Such passion, such loyalty to this muscle-bound miscreant? But why? For love? Yes! Now please, Mr. Spaceman! Sorry, amigo. I didn't want it to come to this. Uh, I'll make it quick. Uh, stop! Huh? Sensational! The young heroine enters the scene to quell the feud. Simply moving. I must write. This shall be my greatest work yet. Young Susie, I take my leave. Exit. Stage left. Bro, what in the jingle fuck was that all about? Beats me. I'm just glad you're okay. I'm okay, little bit. It'll take a lot more than no punch here to take me away from you. Oh, uh, what happened? Well, dude... You started glowing purple and stuff, and, and then there was this alien thingy, and he's talking all artsy-fartsy, and... I don't understand what showed me. Just another day in the wasteland. You got that right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Hey, Punch, give me a hand with these presents, will you? Okay, but after this, Punch need take nap. Punch head hurts. Me too, bro. Me too. Yay! Look, Ella. This will be enough presents for everybody. Where'd the alien go? I wanted him to tickle my fanny. Ah, <laughs> oh, that Chad and Susie. Both have been through a lot of hardship, and yet they grow closer together every day. Ah, uh, that certainly warms my heart. <laughs> Whatever. Let's go, Chris. Seriously, these cankles need your soft cookie hands on them. Mmm, soft cookie. <laughs> oh, there will be plenty of time for that, my dear. There are a few more I want to check on in Appalachia. Whatever, fine. I'm gonna go watch It's a Wonderful Life with Yukon Cornelius and his life partner, The Abominable. Girls night out, bitches! Holla! Oh, what's this? Well, that looks quite festive. Seems to be some sort of light celebration. <laughs> and look, someone dressed as yours truly. Ho, ho, ho. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Lewisburg Light Festival. This is Hugo Warren reporting live from the center of it all. Thousands of lights have been hung around the entire downtown area to celebrate the holiday season. Vendors of all kinds have been set up for the occasion. Everything from holiday gifts to some very delectable hot chocolate. So what are you waiting for? 
Come on down and enjoy the festivities. That was a nice broadcast, Hugo. Good impression of Santa, too. Thanks, Samata. Say, where's your counterpart? Jake? He's home with this new virus going around. Seems like a lot of people have been getting sick from it. All things considered, I'm rocking this sweet radiation suit just in case it is contagious. You know, I've actually been investigating that subject. A few of my sources on the radio claim it all started with someone who consumed, uh... Well, uh, tainted scorch beast meat. Strange. But, then again, I passed a scorch dressed as Mrs. Claus on the way here, so it doesn't surprise me. Right? Anyway, enjoy the lights. Oh, and if you get a chance, right down the street there's this stand that sells some amazing corn soup. Thanks, Hugo. Happy holidays. Oh, hey, Solomon. Merry Christmas. Yes, to you as well, Amata. Are you in line for soup? Yes, yes, of course. In this frigid weather, I require warm sustenance. My master, he does not, for he basks in the warmth of these glorious lights. Right. Still part of that Mothman cult, I see. Of course. Why? Do you find yourself longing for something more? You wish to step into the light, yes? Uh, no. Just here to get some soup. Yes, the soup. A bowl of your finest razor grain soup, please. Hey, Yamada! Moose? Oh, hey! How are you? I'm great! I love this time of year! A lot of lights, huh? Sure is pretty! Wish Pats was here to see it. Yeah. Where is she? She's homesick. Figured I'd hit the town and look for some medicine for her. I heard on the radio about this new drink. Nuka crayons? Or something. Figured I'd grab some of that while I'm out. Wow. Moose, that's actually kind of sweet. It's Nuka cranberry, by the way. I hear it's pretty tasty. I hope so. I'm making a new brew and I think it's just what I need. So, why are you here? You come for the drink, too? I came to get Jake some soup. He's sick at home, too. Plus, I love Christmas lights. Reminds me of simpler days from, you know, back in the vault. Yeah, you guys used to hang those things up all over the place. Remember that one year we stole some of them to make Simon into a star? I remember. Simon wasn't too excited to be a treetopper, but he did shine nice and bright. (laughs) Yep, good times. Well... I better get looking for Pat's meds and see if I can find some of that Nuka stuff. Later! Good luck! You know, Moose actually isn't such a jerk anymore. This certainly has been a strange year. How long do I have to ring this bell for? My arm hurts. Cheer up, camper. After all, it's for the good of the troop. We need to raise funds for camp next year. Plus... This will go towards your panhandling merit badge. (laughs) Can we at least spend some of these caps on something fun? Sure. We could buy masks to help protect against the virus. I should have asked the group of ladies we passed by earlier where they got theirs. That's not even fun. Plus, I'm pretty sure they were wearing them just as part of a secret society and not because of the virus. Secret society? Huh. Kids and their imaginations. (laughs) What about the lights and the food? Scouting is boring. Scouting is fun. There is no greater joy in life than earning a badge. Well, I wouldn't say that. There's lots of different kinds of fun you can have. Marianne! Hey there, kiddo. Who 
Let's go grab some hot chocolate to warm you up. I'm about to go on soon. You want to hear me play? Yes, please. Brian, you coming? Hmm. Uh, no thanks. I'm going to stay here and raise money for our troop. Okay then, suit yourself. Ooh, are you gonna be singing with that cute guy? Oh, Becky. <laughs> His name is Tristan, and yes, we will be performing together. Though I am a little nervous since I won't be playing my ukulele this time. I'm sure you'll do great. You have an amazing voice. Oh, well, thank you, dear. Now, let's get you that hot chocolate. Oh, it's so cold. Need more lights. Solomon, there you are. What took you so long? Apologies, my lord. I was warming myself next to a nearby fire. Maybe you would be warmer over there as well. Not unless you wish to see me turn into ash and leave this plane of existence. No. No. Of course not, my lord. How may I assist you so that you may become warm? The lights, Solomon. We're stealing, I, I mean, we're procuring these lights so that I might continue to sustain my celestial form on this world. Brilliant, my lord. I will start taking them down immediately. Wait. We need a distraction. I will fly over the town so that everyone can glory in my majestic beauty. Now, if I can just figure out how to change to glowing... I uh, wish I'd have paid more attention in moth school. If I may, my lord. But what did you just do? I have shared some of my genetic code with you, so that you may soar above this town as a glorious beacon of light and hope. What does that have to do with Solomon? What are you doing? Solomon! In all his glorious light, come forth that all may be cleansed and purified by him. Wait a minute, why am I not burning? Of course not, my lord. I shed fireproof. The flame will not hurt you. Now you may go forth like a beacon of hope. Uh, this is actually pretty cool. I... I shall go. May all be cleansed by my glorious flames. For our next act, we have a duet. Mary Ann Belts, accompanied by Tristan, singing the famous Christmas song, O Holy Night. stars are brightly shining, it is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Wow, they sound amazing together. Huh, they sure do, don't they? Nice of you to show up. Oh, turn that frown upside down, camper. You're just singing. She still has feelings for you. She, she, she does? <laughs> how, how do you know that? Call it a girl's intuition, something you can't earn a badge in. Now, shh, I'm trying to listen to the song. Man, what a good song. Almost as good as this cranberry moonshine. It's not the Nuka Cola I was looking for, but it hits the spot. Ah. Oh, hey, bro. What are you doing? 
Bruce? I have no money to give you. Whoa, chill out, man. I don't want your money. You need help stealing those lights? You want to help me? Well, yes. That would be most excellent indeed. Cool. I think I'll start over here. My lord will be most pleased with your service. May his all-watching eyes watch over you. Where is this moth dude anyways? He soars majestically from above. This moth is on fire. This moth is on fire. I feel so alive. Look at me, world. Behold my glory. An absolutely stunning rendition of Oh Holy Night. That Marianne and Tristan make quite the pair, don't they? Well, folks, our evening here is coming to a close, and as it does, I... What is that? Ladies and gentlemen, it seems to be some sort of shooting star by the looks of it. Wow, what a perfect ending for the light festival. Wait a second, it's, it, it seems to be... Yes, it's... Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it's, it's falling and fast, right over the town. Take cover! My eyes! The flames are in my eyes! Either I've had too much eggnog, or that was a flaming moth that just crashed into the train station. (laughs) Well, folks, from the center of it all, this is Hugo Warren signing off. Stay safe and stay... not on fire. I swear to God, every year, something different. Can we just have one normal Christmas? (laughs) Now that was an interesting festival, I must say. Oh, shut the fuck up, you red-nosed little bitch. There's my sugar cookie. Ready for bed, dear? After the day I've had, I'm ready for you to drive me to the top of the porch. To the top of the wall. If you know what I'm saying. Get over here, you eye-twinkling, merry-dimpled ghoul. <laughs>
While the gang continues to enjoy the season, deep below and back in time a bit, the Enclave are still alive and thriving beneath the White Spring. In this original story set before Reclamation Day, or a soon-to-be-launched storytelling podcast by Lawrence McNamara, a Colonel Valeria is throwing a party in the bunker. Assaultrons are trimming the trees with care, there's a Protectron chorus singing carols in the commissary, and Santatron will be filling the members with Christmas cheer. Join our little enclave for a holiday celebration at the White Spring, as our characters find a bit of that old Christmas spirit, and learn the importance of friendship and family after the apocalypse. Take a seat by the fire, grab a Blackwater brew and some cranberry cobbler, and enjoy Ash, Roses, and Clover, an enclave Christmas story.
Ash, Roses, and Clover, an Enclave Christmas special. Christmas Eve, the White Spring, 2102. Above the White Spring bunker, a light snow was falling, covering the still manicured grounds of the resort with a fine white powder. The robots went on their merry way, clearing off the roads and the sidewalks, just as they'd done for more than three decades. The night was eerily silent outside of the swisher broom attachments and the hiss of the stabilizer jets. Below the bunker had been empty for years. Christmas and the other holidays had been marked by the passage of time and entries in Modus's database. But this year, the halls of the White Spring Bunker were suddenly alive with the sounds and the smells of the holiday. With the arrival of the former Vault 76 residents, and now as Lieutenant Colonel Valeria had assumed command of the new enclave, holidays were suddenly relevant again. Assaultrons walked the halls wreathed in garlands and wishing members a happy holiday, while Protectrons strung lights and trim trees in the operations center. Even Modus had bowed to the demands of the holidays and fashioned himself a digital Santa cap on his monitor display. For the growing enclave, tonight was a celebration of not only the holiday, but of rebirth and life itself. The production room floor was now the scene of a raucous party, with members partaking of mulled wine, old possum, and blackwater brews, and various cranberry concoctions and confections prepared by the bunker commissary protectrons. Modus had commandeered an old Santatron from the White Spring Resort storage facility, and the bearded bot was making its rounds asking each and every member what they wanted for Christmas. In a way, it was eerily reminiscent of their days in Vault 76. They were all former residents who found their way here to the bunker, and that bond was on display as members danced and celebrated the night away. All the members, with one exception. Lieutenant Colonel Valeria stood in the corner of the room in her dress uniform, sipping an old possum and watching the festivities. In a way, she was pleased to see this new enclave come together, but she also felt incredibly alone. Since her promotion, she'd worked day and night to earn the respect of her fellow members, but she rarely got to socialize with any of them. And for those who were reluctant or outright rejected her authority, well, they had either been convinced or, barring that, some alone time with Major Lilith had eliminated any resistance or reluctance to the colonel's authority. This party was Valeria's way of turning the page, but she found it hard to enjoy. She'd lost her parents soon after leaving Vault 76, and while the Enclave was now her life, there was still something missing. From the far side of the production floor, Valeria could hear the sound of caroling. A chorus of Protectrons were now singing Jingle Bells, much to the amusement of the crowd. The Santatron had taken a seat by the large Christmas tree, and members had formed a line to get their pictures taken and let the bot know what they wanted for the holiday. Another group, led by Sergeant Stein, was off in a corner smoking cigars pilfered from the presidential cottage stopside. As much as Valeria couldn't stand the smell, the sergeant had earned the privilege after taking down a scorch beast just south of the resort. Looking over, she could tell that Stein was retelling the story between puffs, blowing smoke rings to better illustrate the epic tale. Valeria took another sip of beer and nodded as one of the newly minted captains walked by, whistling a holiday tune and holding a bottle of whiskey in one hand and a large present in the other. He was quickly mobbed by his team, Iota, she believed, with a chorus of, For he's a jolly good fellow. As the party swirled around her, Valeria thought back to her time with her parents. Faustina family holidays were low-key affairs, but the three of them were always together. They'd exchange small gifts, and she'd sit at her parents' feet, listening to them talk about their pre-vault exploits. When she got older and her training intensified, they'd spend their time in the vault gym instead, while the other family celebrated in the atrium or in their quarters. One holiday in particular stuck in her mind. She'd been sparring with her mother for over a year. The first few months, she'd spend days in the infirmary after many of their matches. Her mother was unforgiving, and as a former hand-to-hand combat trainer, she was also a formidable opponent. She demanded perfection and made Valeria pay for every mistake or oversight in her form. But after each loss, each beating, it was her mother who was there when she woke up, helping her, explaining what she did wrong and what to do better next time, 
and that's how it was until that day before Christmas. She'd step into the ring with her mother, still sporting the bruises from their last match. Valeria had walked through every single fight in her mind and finally found what she thought was a weakness she could exploit. When her mother waved her forward, Valeria feigned hesitation. She dodged the first punch, then the second. Her mother advanced and tried to get a grip on her, but she slithered away and circled just out of reach. It didn't take long before her mother decided to go all out, which is exactly what Valeria had been waiting for. The fight ended in less than 10 seconds. Valeria caught her mother mid-pivot with a combination which broke three ribs and arm and left her mother unconscious on the mat. The next few hours were a blur, but she stayed by her mother's side the entire time. She must have fallen asleep next to her that night because when she woke up in the morning, her mother was finally awake and looking at her with a gleam in her eye. Valeria was brought back to reality when Lieutenant Morrison skipped by with a lampshade on his head, being chased by Private Jessica. She finally caught him over by the power armor frames, where she pulled off the shade and gave him one hell of a kiss. The room erupted in cheers and with more toasts and more food, including an extra helping of cranberry pie brought out by the Protectrons. Sitting next to Valeria on the floor was a very large box wrapped in red and white paper with a blue bow. It was her present to Lilith. After everything she'd done, Valeria wanted to do something special for her only friend. It had taken some doing, and she'd gotten very lucky, but Lilith was nowhere to be found. There was more singing, both from the members and the Bach chorus, though after a few drinks, Valeria didn't think anyone could tell which was worse, or better for that matter. She forced a smile as members wished her a Merry Christmas as the party slowly wound down close to midnight, and the rest of the members went back to their duty stations or to their rooms. She found herself alone as even the bots had left for their charging stations. The speakers were still playing Christmas music, having switched over to Silent Night. Valeria finished her last old possum and put the empty bottle on the table next to her. Merry Christmas to me. Did I miss the party? Came a voice from the other side of the room. Valeria looked up and saw Lilith standing in the doorway, wearing a silly little Santa hat and a red coat. Just where the hell have you been? Sorry, Val, but I had to go looking for something. Lilith walked across the floor to her friend with one hand behind her back. It is Christmas and all, and I never got a chance to say thank you. Lilith stopped in front of Valeria and showed her what she had been hiding. It was a small present, wrapped in an old copy of the Charleston Herald. She handed it to Valeria, who carefully unwrapped it. It was a holotape. What's this? You should watch it. Valeria walked over to the corner terminal and inserted the holotape. The screen blinked to life and she found herself transported back to the Vault 76 infirmary. It was the security feed from her mother's room. And there she was, a younger Valeria, napping next to her mother's bed. She watched as her mother slowly woke up, her face swollen with two black eyes and her arm in a sling. She saw her look over and see her daughter sleeping next to her. Despite her injuries, Valeria watched her smile and reach over and put her hand on her head. No, Val. I've been waiting for this since you were born. I'm so proud of you. I love you. Merry Christmas. She watched her mother cry softly and stroke her hair until she finally awoke and her memories merged with what she had just witnessed. A single tear ran down her cheek. She wiped it away and turned to Lilith. I... I don't know what to say. Thank you. How did you... 
I figured Modus might have some old Vault 76 recordings. Took a while. Oh, God. Most of that stuff? So boring. Valeria took her friend in a bear hug before wiping her eyes again and grabbing the big box off the floor next to her. Lil, I got you something too. She handed the box to Lilith, who started ripping the paper off and opened it. She looked at the contents and then back up to Valeria with a puzzled look on her face. It was your mother's armor. I had Modus do a search of his inventory and discovered she'd been assigned here before the war. And it was Lilith's turn to take her friend in a bear hug of her own, lifting her right up off the floor. <gasps> wow! I mean, thank you, Val. Um, you're welcome, but please don't crush me. Merry Christmas, Val. You're my friend. Now we're family. How about sisters? They laughed and sat down in front of the Christmas tree, illuminated by the blinking lights and with the sounds of the holidays around them. They ate and drank the rest of the night away before welcoming Christmas with a final toast as family. God bless America. God bless the Enclave. And happy holidays to all. While the Enclave is celebrating in secret, we return to the present, where another secret order in Appalachia is gathering together to share holiday stories. In this original tale that is kicking off a Mistress of Mystery storytelling podcast by Jennifer Snyder, called Out of the Shadows, Mistress Ellie relates a tale of her last Christmas in Vault 76. Boot up that pit boy and spike that canned coffee with the finest rum. Listen now to Ellie's Last Christmas. December 24th, 2101. Mama and I finished wrapping the last of the gifts for the overseer. And just as we got done, Poppykins activated his snow cannon. It's version 23.2. It's much better than a few years ago. Well, anything is better when the snow doesn't become sentient and hostile when it can't get out of the vault to go to the North Pole. Overseer has been on him a lot more since then, making sure there's no repeat. <laughs> This year, he managed to get the snow to glow blue, and only minor rats! Um, well, Dr. Everett had to dig out the rat eggs after the Thompson twins started jumping to the second floor of the atrium. I thought it was cute the way they were giggling as they jumped from one level to another, then running down the stairs and jumping back up. It was cute. And how could people not laugh? Their laugh was so infectious. <laughs> but Mama is right. It's... Too much power and responsibility for eight-year-olds. You know, this is our last holiday in the vault, and it feels so different. I can feel it in the air, and I can sense it in people's conversations. 
Even the music, it's livelier. And while wrapping presents with Mama, I felt something in me. I don't know what it is, but everything is changing. Maybe it's the excitement of the unknown. Next year, we won't be together like this. We'll all be out doing something, but it won't be decorating apartments, trimming the atrium tree together, or being merry around a bowl of eggnog. This really is the last time. It's kind of sad. But I won't be missing the Mr. Handy Elves. <laughs> it's been tradition to dress them up as robotic elves for Santa Claus. But this year, out of boredom or because it's the last one, someone changed their vocal modulators and now they sound so creepy. And they keep introducing themselves. They keep saying, My name is Piss Flaps, Elvis Presley, Frosty Stripey Pants, Twinkle McFlinkerdick, and Claude. I'm not sure about Claude. He keeps saying I'm going to shoot my eye out. I think they broke something when they messed with his modulator. Though, they do listen very intently to Dr. Everett. This is his last year as Santa, and he's so sad. You know, I, I think it's the Santa cookie competition. He's been judging it for as long as I can remember, and he's got the belly to prove it. Mm, I'm going to miss the cookie competition. So many different varieties of cookies. But no one, absolutely no one, beats my mama's caramel cookies. She's won nine years in a row, and this will make ten... So much sugar is going to be just into me. I feel bad, but nah. Security's just gonna have their hands full tonight. <laughs> and I know you're curious, dear listener, who has decided to listen to all of my diary hollow tapes on your Pip Boy. Odd, but since you've been following along. Yes, I did get a present for them. And their reaction, it was magical and utterly heartbreaking. <laughs> Let me explain. See, at first they were alone. They saw the gift and opened it, and I always thought the term, my heart melted, was such a bullshit line in a romance novel. But then, I saw their smile. I've, I've never seen anything like it before. It, oh, it was so encouraging, so I took the pebble that was my courage and I walked over. I said hi. They said hi. I asked about the present. They said it was from their secret Santa. I asked if they knew. They chuckled. <laughs> and then their dimples showed up. Oh dear. Those dimples. <laughs> the opening was there. The words on the tip of my tongue 
then Wesley smacked me on the back to wish me a merry fucking Christmas. I wanted to rip the vault tech lampshade off his head and beat him to death with it. I was right there. So, so close. It's not fair. I'm stealing all of Wesley's clothes tonight and leaving only a set of antlers for them to wear tomorrow. I, I guess I should have skipped that part of the story. wanted to do was to confess to them, make this last Christmas in the vault truly memorable, maybe kiss under the mistletoe, <laughs> but nope, not happening. Deflated courage is kind of a hard pill to swallow, and then once Wesley saw the present, he instantly started making fun of it in front of my crush. Yes, it was homemade, but those are the best because it's not about your expertise. It's the feelings and thoughts you put into them. I... I left quickly, telling the half-truth about having to help Mama with her cookies. have the courage to tell them how much I like them. One day. Oh, but that smile, <laughs> that private smile that only I saw, I'm going to cherish it. <laughs> it's going to be my new favorite memory, and I hope to see it again in person one day. <laughs> Ellie! Le concours des biscuits commence. N'oublie pas ton costume de lutin pour aider à ta mère. Oui, papa. A little secret. My butt looks très magnifique in the elf outfit. <laughs> One of the most successful shows to launch in the community is my good friend Brian Guatney's The Omega Broadcast, which has quickly amassed a following of its own, with a darker, more dramatic, and serious storytelling spin compared to our own show. I'll have links in the show notes for where you can listen and subscribe to it. In this holiday tale he shares with us, Brian and Professor Hamilton find themselves in a unique situation meeting some new people at Christmas, and emerging with a new outlook on life in the wasteland. Meanwhile, Bishop and the mercenaries find themselves in a bit of a sticky situation, while Lily is on a search to find out about Christmas, and just who Santa really is. Cozy up by the fire and mind those chestnuts. Listen to this tale, Time Forgiven, Time for Taken.
Daddy? Well, if it isn't my sweet, delicate little flower. Tell me, Lily, what is on that beautiful little mind of yours? Well, I'm not really sure how to ask you this question, but, um, who is Santa? <laughs> Lily, where did you hear of such a person? Oh, it was no one. I just heard a long time ago someone mention a man named Santa who only comes around here in the cold months. Oh, my dear daughter, you need not to worry about such fairy tales. Ah, oh, seriously, your head is always in the clouds. Just know this, that this Santa person, it's, it's all nonsense. And it's yet another example of the things we can add to chaos. But Daddy... He doesn't sound like chaos to me. He sounds like a good man. I heard he brings toys and stuff to people. Nonsense, Lily. There is nothing and no one good or given in this entire world except the great Strangler Heart. And you know this because the scriptures say so. Now, go away from me with this ridiculous conversation and bring your mind to things that matter. Yes, sir. I'll go see if Mr. Harold needs any help with his workshop. Good morning, Mr. Harold. Why, hello there, little Miss Lily, and how are you today? I'm good. I just figured I'd drop in to see if you needed any help here in your shop today. Well, ain't that peachy. Well, yes, ma'am. In fact, it would be a big help if you could help me sort out those screws and bobby pins over there on the table. Yes, sir. I can certainly do that. I just love to organize and sort stuff out. Daddy says our tent is only as clean as it is because of how good I do the sorting. <laughs> well, then, I'm in good hands this morning, then. Mr. Harold, could I ask you a question? Certainly, Miss Lily. Go right ahead. I'm all ears. So, I was asking my dad earlier today about a man named Santa Claus, but Daddy didn't seem too happy that I was asking him. Well, yes, I can understand. Your daddy's not one to really enjoy talking about people or traditions from the old days. But why not? From what I've read, Santa seems like the best man in the whole wide world. Red? What do you mean you've read? Our libraries don't mention anything from the old world, except for the scriptures. Can you keep a secret, Mr. Harold? Well, uh, I suppose so. You see, I got this really cool book from... Um, well, let's just say I found it. It's got really cool pictures in it, and tells a really neat story about a man named Grognak, and his girlfriend Lady Grognak. I like her a lot. In fact... I want to be brave just like her. <laughs> Why, that's a comic book. I used to collect those things before the big bombs, I, I mean, Great Purge happened. How in the world did you end up with that? Well, like I said, I found it. <laughs> hmm, that sounds fishy to me. <laughs> but it's no matter to me, I guess. So there's a Santa Claus in this comic book you got? Uh-huh, there sure is. Well... He's not exactly in the story. There's a page towards the end of the book that has him on it, and it says, 
December means Christmas time, so why not write a letter to Santa at the North Pole? Wherever that is. Actually, I've got the book right here in my bag if you want to look at it. Oh my, this is an old book. This actual issue was printed 30 years before the Great Purge. Okay, well then, let's take a look at the page you're talking about. Hmm, let's see. Ho, ho, ho. It's December, and that means Christmas time. So why not write your own letter to Santa Claus all the way in the North Pole? Let him know you've been a good girl or boy. And tell him what presents you want. <laughs> well, Miss Lily, this here's just an advertisement. I used to stick these all over the place, on giant boards near the road, and even inside magazines and comic books. Well, it says December means Christmas, but what is Christmas? Christmas used to be a holiday that we would celebrate every December. It ended up getting out of hand for some places during this time. Everyone fighting and rushing just to get to the next latest and greatest gadget or toy. It's a bit ironic that a time that was meant to represent joy and giving ended up representing bitterness and taking. Joy and giving? What do you mean? Oh, I don't know if I should be filling your noggin with all this. Your daddy probably wouldn't like me telling you about all this stuff. Please, Mr. Harold. I promise I won't tell him you told me. This all just seems so amazing. Please, please, please. Oh, all right. Hold your horses, little missy. No need to get all out of sorts. Yay! Okay, I promise I'll calm down. Uh, well, where should I start? You see, way back, a long time ago, we used to celebrate a time called... Christmas? <laughs> yep, Christmas. And this time of year was supposed to be a time to end the year with a bit of joy and happiness before the new year began. People would even gather and sing songs, eat a big feast, and even give presents. Songs? Presents? Oh, this definitely sounds like my kind of thing. All right, all right, calm down now. Remember, you promised. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'll calm down starting right now. Okay, now. Where was I? Presents. Oh, yeah, the presents. Yes, we'd give out presents to the people we love just to tell them how much more we loved them. You, you see, Christmas uh, was supposed to represent a time of giving. And not just giving toys or tools or things. People would oftentimes give a helping hand. They'd offer to cook food for people who couldn't cook for themselves. Uh, some people even used to dress up like that Santa Claus and raise money for people that didn't have much. But it wasn't long before big stores started taking advantage of Christmas time. They used things like that advertisement in your comic book to make people think that Christmas was about getting instead of giving. And slowly over time, people started fighting over stuff. Little kids started disobeying their parents and demanding the newest toys. Eventually, I believe it was that attitude that had some part in how this old world ended up. What do you mean? Well, I'm talking about the Great Purge. You see, the world we live in, it's is like it is because people were focused on getting instead of giving. And in that mindset of wanting and getting, the only thing they were given was what destroyed the old world. Well, I like the idea of Christmas, well before all the fighting and stuff. I like making people laugh and happy. I like giving presents. <laughs> 
and I like getting them too. <laughs> I also love singing and eating good food with our friends. Those are things to love, little Miss Lily. And I think we need to have some Christmas here. It is December, after all. That can't be much of a coincidence, can it? Now, Lily, your daddy would not allow anything of that sort around here. Sure he would. We sing all the time, we eat all the time, and sometimes we even give presents. Why not do that all at once? We don't have to call it Christmas. We can just do all the things that are in Christmas. Oh, I don't know. I mean, sure, the things that Christmas used to be about are good and all, I'm just not sure Bishop would be too thrilled with the idea that it was inspired by an old world holiday. Well, the rest of you all don't have to do it, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna make lemonade for everyone in camp, and I'm gonna find my daddy the biggest, bestest present. You just wait and see. I'll even get you a present too, Mr. Harold. Well, okay. <laughs> I guess there wouldn't be no harm in it. You can go do all that later. Let's focus on getting this stuff sorted and organized. I'm sorry, Mr. Harold, but this is all going to take too much time. I need to hurry up and get out there and find some presents and get the ingredients for my lemonade. Bye, Mr. Harold. Oh, dear. Well, looks like I'm working later tonight. Well, I've been fishing for some pirates. I've been fishing here all day. Oh, I've been fishing for some pirates. My singing's probably scared them all away. Wait. What in the Sam Hill, Davy Crockett, Grognak, and the Lord Jesus is that headed this way? <laughs> well, by God, that's a damn Mr. Handy. <laughs> well, shit, that there ain't a sight you'd see every day. Well, that thing's dragging along a man behind him, it looks like. My God, Master Brian! I know you're unconscious and can't really contribute to this in any way whatsoever, but you, sir, are making this journey all too difficult for me. I swear I'm starting to wish your mother had never programmed my service parameters for taking care of you. Uh, excuse me there, Mr. Metalhead. Oh, dear. You seem to have startled me. Oh, I'm sorry about that. I never meant to make you shit lightning. <laughs> I just never seen a robot dragging a man before. Um, is he pushing up daisies? Pushing up daisies? Well, I believe I would say no, sir, as he's unconscious. He can't be pushing up any daisies, can he? <laughs> Ooh, I forget y'all don't understand some slangs and certain lingos. I meant, is he dead? Oh, I do apologize. No, sir, he is merely just passed out due to excessive blood loss and a minor infection due to a gunshot wound. I was able to do a decent job with stitching and sterilizing the wound. He should return to consciousness within the next few hours or days. Well, why in the hell are you working on this man for anyhow? 
Hey, your owner? Uh, yes, it would appear so. <laughs> well, tickle my titties and tell me it's Tuesday. I ain't never seen a robot slave, neither. I mean, I've seen robots designed to work before, but I ain't never seen no robot slave. I beg your pardon, sir, but I am no slave. My service parameters have been designed to just stay and serve him as he needs me. Yep. Sounds like a slave to me. Anyhow, where are you headed off to with him? Well, if you must know, the last known address I have on file for him is in his home of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. So I'm taking him there. Ooh, buddy. Trust me, you won't want to be heading over that way. <sighs> and why would that be, sir? Well, you must not get out much, Rivet Tits. You see, over there in Point Pleasant, there's a group of Looney Tooney type people. They call themselves the Cult of the Mothman or whatever. And even though they're a bit on the loony side, they ain't the nicest people to be around. Meaning, them there's gonna shoot you on sight. Well, isn't that just lovely? No, not really. I mean, them there people are the type you want to avoid any way you can. It's best just to sneak away quickly and get the hell out of Dodge. Well, this sure puts a strain on our situation. I've been dragging Master Brian for at least 65 miles, all headed to the only place I know of on record. Oh, dear. Now what am I supposed to do? Well, I got an idea. Y'all can come stay with me in my camp. Well, until he wakes up. I got some good stuff stored up. I even traded for some fresh meds. That might even give that old boy yours a good kickstart. And where would this camp be located? Oh, shit, it ain't too far. It's just up the road there, a few hundred feet, and off into the woods. I suppose that would be fine. I mean, we really have no other choice at the moment. Well, great. Won't y'all just come on in and follow me? Um, excuse me, sir, but you're not going to get very far in that wheelchair. As a matter of fact, how did you even get anywhere in that thing? <laughs> what, this old thing? No, it ain't much of a bother. See, I lost my legs in a logging accident back before them big old bombs fell, and I managed to get around all right. Trust me, fella, I'll be all right. Oh, dear. Well, here we are. Home, sweet home. Oh my, this really is quite the homestead you have here. There's so much crap, I mean, scrap everywhere. Ah, I know it. It's heaven, ain't it? Heaven isn't quite the word I was thinking of. Yep, I sure do love collecting all kinds of random trash and garbage. Did you know that you can make anything... Well, out of anything. Is that so? Yep. Just last year, I took apart a fella that looked, well, like you. 
and I made myself a remote control junk gatherer. That is until the power core overheated and he scattered his screws, metal, and wiring well all over the place. But if I learned anything from that, it's you gotta always regulate the heat from the fusion cores. Cause if you don't, Kaplowie! <laughs> Kaplowie? Oh dear, maybe I made a mistake coming here. Oh, don't let that story scare you. That Mr. Handy, he was already a lost cause. I just found him. I didn't kill him, if that's what you're worried about. No, I only work with dead robots. <laughs> well, I suppose that's somewhat a comforting statement. Well, all right then. Won't you just take that fella you've been dragging? Put him up on that table over there. I'm sure I got some stuff here that'll give him the kick in the nuts to wake up. I can find that. Well, shit, where's that at? Oh, here it is. Yes. Ain't nothing better at getting the central nervous system kicking like some good, freshly made psycho buff. If this don't wake him up, I don't know what we're gonna do. Alrighty. Here goes nothing. I knew that shit right there would work. Master Brian! Master Brian, good heavens! You're alive! I knew it all along! Master? How? What's going on? The last thing I remember is walking into Vault Tech University. Yes, sir. After you passed out, I took a blood sample to see the severity of your infection. Then your DNA registered in my diagnostic scans, and my ownership parameters changed to you, sir. Well, hold it right there. You mean to tell me y'all came all the way from VTU? Well, saddle up Sally and sell me some sugar. That right there is quite the hike. <clears throat> Who are you? This is... Well, actually, I never got your name. Name's Boone. B-O-O-N-E. I'm named after the greatest tracker that there ever was. Daniel Boone. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> That's nice, I guess. Can someone please tell me where the hell we are? We're about 35 miles from your home in Point Pleasant, sir. Point Pleasant? Why the hell are we going there? See? Told you. Ain't nobody wants to get over there in that neck of the woods. Well, it's the last known address I have on file for you, sir. You were unconscious, and I didn't know what else to do. Great. Just great. That puts me even further away from Omega. Omega? Well, hells, bells, and whistles. I knowed your voice sounded familiar. You're that there fella telling stories over the radio. Hot damn. If I'm being honest, I am quite confused. Um, Omega's where I live now. It's sort of a small settlement that I developed. Well, 
Well, if I had known that, sir, we would be headed that way. As a matter of fact, I think we should be on our way there right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Just wait a second. Yeah, you need to settle down there, Lugnuts. He ain't in the best sort of shape to be moving. And if I was a betting man, I'd say he ain't too keen on the idea of being dragged no more, neither. Uh, yeah. What, what he said. Oh, dear. I do apologize. I just want to do what is right by you, sir. Well, <coughs> for the moment, I, I think it's best that we stay right here on this table. Boone, do you have any food or water? <laughs> My throat is dry, and I feel like I should at least try to eat something. Oh, hell yeah. I got some freshly, well, semi-freshly cooked mole rat chunks, and I got one hell of a Nuka-Cola stash. Y'all do like Nuka-Cola, don't you? <laughs> Tell me you've got a Nuka-Cherry, and I'll be great. Brother, I ain't just got one. Well, yeah, I, I, I got one. You know, it's quite a relief to meet someone who isn't out to kill me. Kill you? No, I ain't about all that. I like building stuff. I ain't about breaking stuff. Except robots. Oh, come on now, Chrome Dome. If I was going to dismantle you, I'd have done it back when I first met you. Oh, jolly. Well, that's good to hear. It is, ain't it? <clears throat> so, Boone... How long have you been out here? Oh, um, I've been here in this camp close to four years. <laughs> it's funny because I've seen all these people just running by, moving back and forth, shooting and carrying on, but nobody's never seen me. Must be the wheelchair. Or the fact that I got this place disguised pretty damn good. Four years? Wow. Uh, okay, so, um, since you brought it up, I, I don't mean for this to come across as rude or anything, but how have you survived this long on your own? You know, you know, being in a wheelchair and all? Well, Master Brian, that there's the million-dollar question, ain't it? <laughs> no, it ain't that hard for me. Like I said, most people don't even notice I'm around. And the ones that do, they end up trading some good shit with me. So I'm able to make all that cool stuff that you see around you. Plus, being the inventor that I am, I was able to fashion me some walking legs to help get me around. I just reprogrammed the schematics for an old power armor chassis, cut the legs down, and voila. Wait a second. You've made all of this stuff? Yep. With my own bare hands, I did. Man, this is some really creative work. Why, thank you, bud. I must say, I am also quite impressed. Where did you learn to do all of this? Well, if you must know, I was a lead engineer for the Army back before the war. I did a lot of programming in the T-60 armor suits. 
also had a little bit of my hand in the early pit boy programming. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, not bragging or nothing, but if you want it, I can probably build it. I do a lot of weapon modding too. That's where most of my trading happens. People wandering through, well, they stumble through here, and if they got the right stuff on them, I sure as hell can fix them up. So do you think that you could fix and maybe clean up an old damaged holotape? Fix it? <laughs> Not only could I fix it, um, yeah, I, I-, I could fix it. Oh, that's great news. Uh, y- see, I've got this old holotape back at Omega with a friend, and... He's been able to get most of it cleaned up and working, but he said he needed a bit more time to clean it up and a, a few other things. You think you might could collaborate with him and get it working? Well, what's on it? Um, it's a message from my mom. She left me instructions on it, how to find her. and uh, Like I said, we got most of the message unscrambled, but from the looks of it, there's a bit more on it. It's the only thing that I have to know or give me some sort of hope that she's alive or not. Um, Master Brian, I'm sorry to interrupt. Okay, what's up? Well, when you passed out the other day, I took your blood sample. A live transmission came through my internal sensor beacon. Okay, what was it? Well, sir, it was your mother. Wait, did you say live? Yes, sir. She was broadcasting through a one-way channel from Washington, D.C. Uh, th- that's that's great news. S- so do you have it? Well, sir, that's the issue. While my internal mainframe does back up all transmissions, I have no way of accessing it. Well, that is unless you power me down and do a manual recovery. <laughs> Doggy, I know I can do it. Huh. Yes, I'm sure you can. Hang on, hang on. What do you mean, manual recovery? Oh, oh, I do hate that my honesty levels are set to true. Well, sir, it's a bit of a delicate and complicated situation. It would require an entire disassembly of my lower half. This would expose my mainframe and allow you to link my hard drive with that of an access terminal, or even a portable computer, like that Pip-Boy you have on your wrist. Like I said, I can do it. No problem. Are are you sure you can do it, Boone? Oh, hell yeah, dude. And not only will I be able to put him back together for you, I can modify all the boring parts of him and make him one kick-ass, handy-dandy servant robot. Now, wait one moment. You're not seriously considering letting this... this junkyard animal disassemble me, are you? Well... Master Brian, how could you? Hang on, hang on. I didn't say yes exactly. You didn't have to, sir. Your face said it for you. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Sorry. Well, tell me, is there any other way to recover that transmission? (sighs) Once again, damn you, honesty levels. No, sir. There is no other way. (sighs) Damn it. Well, okay. Let me just think on it for just a second. Just for a second. Listen, y'all. Why don't y'all take the night to think it over? I got plenty of food and drinks, all kinds of supplies. I got a fresh tent and sleeping cot stowed away over. There's no need to make a hasty decision just yet. Besides, Brian, 
You need to rest some more. Let them wounds recover anyway. Although I don't like it, that is the most reasonable suggestion you have made so far, Mr. Boone. Well, I appreciate that, Lugnuts. Now, won't y'all just come over here by the fire, get comfy. And Brian, you can tell me all about how you got yourself in the situations and how you ended up looking like you do. Alright, cool. Uh, Sounds good to me, I guess. I wonder what Mr. Brian is up to. You know what? While I'm out here, I should look for a present for him, too. Well, just in case I ever see him again. I mean, I really should give him something back. He did give me this amazing book. Let's see. Where was I up to last time when I was reading it? Oh, yeah. Page 12. Now listen here, you bat babies. This jungle isn't your territory. And just like that, blam! Grognak lifted his mighty axe and slammed it into the vines that were slowly growing around his feet. Shriek! A loud cry rang out from the caves, and all of a sudden a thick fog and black cloud formed. (laughs) Now that is a neat story. Oh, you scared me, mister. Oh, I'm sorry, little girl. I never meant to frighten you. It's okay. I'm all good now. Hey, that's a Santa Claus hat you're wearing. (laughs) Yup, it sure is. It's Christmas time, don't you know? Now tell me, little girl, what are you doing out here all by yourself? Well, actually, I just found out it was Christmas time. I'm out here looking for a cool present to give my daddy and the people back at our camp. Your camp? Now, where would that be? Exactly. Um, well, I think it's back over that way. Uh, no, that's not right. Maybe I'm thinking the other way? It's okay, little girl. We can find it later. So, you said you were looking for presents to give your daddy? Um, uh (laughs) uh-huh. Well... I've got a whole lot of neat presents you could go through. With what I've got, I'm sure you might find something for him. Really? Oh, boy. You must be like Santa Claus. Yeah, I I guess you could say that. I'm sort of like Santa Claus. (laughs) So, why don't you come with me and we'll see what all I have. Oh, I don't think I should go any further away. Well... It's not that far, little girl, I promise. Uh, Once we get there, you can pick out a present. I'll bring you right back here. Maybe even uh, help you find your camp. I, uh, really don't think I should. It's getting kind of dark, and I'm sure I can find something somewhere else. No, I think you're gonna come with me. You're not like Santa Claus at all. Put me down right now. Please, let me go! Help! (laughs) 
Now, Harold, are you sure you saw her head off this way? Yes, sir, most certain. She said she was going to go off and explore. Explore? What on earth would she be going off to explore? Especially when she's got chores to do. Well, sir, it may be my fault. She came in my workshop asking about Santa Claus and Christmas. And uh, I might have told her a bit about it. Well, damn it, Lily. And damn you, Harold. I just told her to let it go. Are you the one in camp introducing my daughter to all this heresy and chaos? No, 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 sir. I swear, she came in asking, and all I did was tell her how it used to be. I swear. Well, she's two hours late for curfew, and that is not like her at all. I'm sorry, sir, and I swear I never meant for any of this. I'm sure she's just caught up having fun. We'll find her, I'm sure of it. Harold, did you hear that? I think that was Lily. I swear that sounded like her voice crying out for help. Uh, Come on, sir. I think it was this way. Lily! Lily, where are you? Lily! Bishop, over here. That's her toy, ain't it? Uh, Yes, that most certainly is. Oh, where's my beautiful daughter? My delicate flower, where are you? Lily! Lily! Wait. What's this? Grognak the Barbarian and the Jungle of the Bat Babies. Property of Brian Burton. (sighs) Harold. Yes, sir? Head on back to camp. Gather up the remaining ambassadors. Looks like we're headed to Omega. As another year comes to a close, we want to recognize what a year it's been. To say that 2020 has been a challenge would be a huge understatement. Parents have become full-time teachers. Mental health issues are at an all-time high. People have lost their jobs and, tragically, even loved ones. For those within the sound of my voice, we're right here with you. As much of the bad as we've seen, though, there has been a lot of good. You, as our listeners and our community, continue to be a positive force in the world. As 2021 commences, we offer our humble gratitude for your support. Whatever this year brings, we will still be here, telling tales and cracking jokes. And if it makes you laugh or even just smile, well, that means the world to us. This is Kenneth Vigue, and on behalf of the entire cast and crew of Chad, a Fallout 76 story, thank you for listening, and I hope to see you in the wasteland.
Once upon a time, 27 years after the bombs fell, there were two people, a vault dweller and a California girl. They met and sparks flew. That's when things got interesting. Once Upon a Wasteland is their story. Follow Elizabeth Kirby and Odessa Valdez as they pursue their happily ever after in the post-apocalyptic Appalachian wasteland of Fallout 76. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and many other podcasting platforms. Once Upon a Wasteland, a Fallout 76 love story. Available now. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net.